Faith is that seed. And our works are the fruits that it bears. Faith is that seed. So I'll ask you, what are the fruits that are being born in your life? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, all over the world. Good morning. It is Monday here on Church Boy Confessions. He will direct your path. So what's there to fear again? Good morning, ladies and gentlemen. Good morning. Thank you so much for tuning in once again to the Church Boy Confessions podcast. I'm Emmanuel Heke. I'm your host. And thank you, guys. Hope you guys had an amazing week. I had a pretty good week. It was challenging. It was challenging, but I will say... Um, I've noticed growth in my life, ladies and gentlemen. I've noticed growth. Um, things have been challenging, and I've talked about it a million times about how hard my life has been ever since I graduated from college last year. Um, but I will say that I think I'm truly learning how to trust God. I'm in one of those times where, like, you know, when God is like telling you the only way for you to get out of this is to trust me. I've been in one of those times for a long time, and I think I'm maybe finally getting the hang of it. So I'm thankful about that. I noticed growth. I noticed change in my life this past um, week. And I'm thankful for it. And I have to say thank you to everybody who hit me up after last week's episode. Because um, honestly, I've just had so many people affirm me in the past like two weeks or something like that. And let me tell you something. Like This is actually insane. It's insane to see that like, you know, I'm asking God for wisdom and how I should endure, endure this time, how I should navigate this time. And he has truly sent random people to just affirm me. And it has been amazing. And if you've been one of those people to hit me up and just tell me about um, how an episode has helped you or how the podcast has helped you and associated has helped you, just know that God has been using you to bless me. And I'm thankful for that. Um, and I'm happy that this relationship is mutual. So um today we have an ask church boy submission thank god all right we got to ask church boy submission it's anonymous because i allow you guys to ask anonymous questions because i want you guys to ask questions and i don't want you to feel any type of way about it so we got an anonymous entry um if you want to ask a church boy ask church boy a question you can go to www.undashassociated.com slash ask church boy um, but let's look at this submission. Once again, I said it's anonymous. Um, the person is saying, I have doubts on my salvation. How do I know if I am truly saved? And I'm so happy that I got this submission because now it's giving me the opportunity to talk about salvation again, which is the most important topic to talk about, period. Um, you know, one of my friends hit me recently and, and convicted me to talk about rapture. Um, and I still have to do some studying to talk about rapture. I'm not going to lie. I wasn't comfortable to talk about rapture right away because I, you know, I wanted to study more of the verses because it's not something that you hear about anymore. That the fact that Jesus Christ is coming soon again. Jesus Christ is coming again. You see, he didn't give us a times table. In fact, no one on earth knows when Jesus Christ is coming again. But Jesus Christ said that he was coming again. And if I believe that Jesus Christ is not a liar because, I mean, he's God, right? Then that means that. I believe he is coming again. We do not know when, but what we do know is that we want to be ready for that. And if there's anybody that's not sure of their salvation, I want to be a resource to you today on how you can be sure of your salvation. So 
How can somebody know that they are truly saved? Let's go to Romans chapter 10, verse 9, where it says plainly what it means to be saved or how you will be saved. And it says in verse 9, it says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. There it goes. Pretty plain and simple. It's, you know, it's pretty straightforward. Confess that Jesus is Lord. Believe um, God has raised him from the dead. What exactly does this mean? If you want to unpack this, it talks about affirming the gospel, believing that that um, that God raised Jesus from the dead. The significance of that is you are affirming the gospel. Because there is no gospel without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. In fact, there's no salvation without the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Because the resurrection of Jesus Christ substantiated, solidified, fortified all of who Jesus was. All of, all of who Jesus is. All of who he said he was. And talking about confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord. And we're going to get to this, right? Because I'm not going to lie. There's a part of this um, that sounds like it's going to be contradictory. You know those people that say, oh, the Bible is contradictory. It's contradictory. The Bible is not contradictory. It's just that those people don't understand. And we'll talk about it today. You have to establish that Jesus Christ is Lord. It says, confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus. Establishing that he is the Lord of your heart, he's Lord of your mind, he's Lord of your body, he's Lord of your soul, and you believe in your heart that he he is who he said that he was, you are saved, you will be saved, right? But I want to unpack these things. I want us to go deeper. What do these things mean? Because these things have meaning, right? And it's never it's I don't it's never a good idea to just take one verse out of the Bible and study that without understanding that there are multiple verses throughout Scripture in the New Testament. That talk about what it means to be saved, right? So I've looked at all these verses in, in the New Testament and I've conglomerated. Ugh, is that a word? Am I just about to make a... I've what, coagulated, curated, whatever. I've put some verses together um, and I've come up with... And I was you know, going through my study Bible and I wanted to highlight some things that this means. What it means to be saved. Um, because I'll tell you this. One of the big things I'm going to talk about is submission to God's will. And you didn't really see submission to God's will in that verse, in that previous verse. But I'm going to show you how confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord encapsulates submission to God's will. And you might think, how in the world is that? Because ultimately, just saying that Jesus Christ is Lord, saying, hey, Jesus Christ is Lord. That's not going to get you into the kingdom of heaven. That doesn't mean that you're saved. And you might think, whoa, Emmanuel, whoa, you were contradicting what the scripture clearly says. You just read that, you know, like, what are you, what are you talking about? You're now contradicting yourself, Emmanuel. The scripture is contradicting itself. No, the, the scripture is not contradicting itself. You see, in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, Apostle Paul is speaking, but he's speaking with the implication that when you confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, you are also believing wholeheartedly in your heart that he is your master. That he is your master. You are acknowledging that Jesus Christ is your master. And when you acknowledge that Jesus Christ is your master, it means that you are doing the will of the Father. You do God's will. If he's your master, then you do the will of your master. And if you don't want to believe me, talk about what Jesus said out of his mouth. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my father in heaven. So it's not enough to just say. When we, when we see the Bible say, confess that Jesus is Lord, it's not just 
saying, but there's implications that come with that confession that you truly believe that he is Lord and he is your master. And if you truly believe that Jesus Christ is your Lord, that Jesus Christ is your master, then that means that you are going to do the will of the Father. Doing the will of Father goes hand in hand with accepting and confessing that Jesus Christ is Lord and therefore salvation. I didn't say that. I, Matthew chapter 7 verse 21 says it right there. And that's the thing. Some of us think it's sweet out here. And that's what gets us confused sometimes, right? Because we say we're Christian. We say we're Christian, but we didn't understand that that's not all it is. It's not just about saying you're Christian. It's not just you you marking Christian in the census or marking Christian in whatever survey that you're doing. It's, it takes more than just saying, Lord, Lord. But it takes actually doing the will of God. Some people, they, they, they call themselves Christians not because they actually believe that Jesus Christ is Lord and they've acknowledged him as the master over their life. They call themselves Christians because it's the image. It's the image. Christian. Oh, maybe that means I have some morals. So I'm just going to say that I'm Christian. Or, oh, well, you know what? I was, I was raised in a Christian household, so I'm just going to say that I'm Christian. Oh, well, you know, um, I like some of the Christian, some of the doctrine that Christ taught. I think that he was, he, was a very, he was a very noble scholar, very knowledgeable scholar. I respect him. That's not enough. It's not enough. It's simply not enough. And if you've been living this life where you've called yourself Christian, but you haven't been doing the will of the Father, then you should indeed be scared about whether or not you are truly saved. So, okay, Jesus said, it's not enough. You just say, Lord, Lord, but you have to do the will of the Father. Okay, then what is the will of God? What is the will of our Father in heaven? Well, we have a whole book on it. <laughs> what is his will? When you look at the scripture, it's very obvious that his will, of course, you could talk about the commandments. Yeah, you could talk about the moral law of the Old Testament that was substantiated in the new covenant under Jesus Christ. I'll probably break that down later. <laughs> and you could also talk about the distinctive and I would say customized will that God has for each and every one of us, the purpose that he's given you in your, in your life. Those, This is the will of God that we ought to fulfill, the will of God that we ought to follow in our lives. If you are saved... This should be something that you are doing, getting up every day and following the will of God, getting up every day. Because what does it look like to follow the will of God? It looks like submission to the will of God. If you are saved and you say you are saved. That means that. When God says go, you go. That means when God says stay, you stay. When he says slow down, you slow down. When he says speed up, you speed up. This is what it looks like to follow the will of God. It's not about your wisdom anymore. It's not about your understanding anymore. It's not about what you want to do anymore. You just said that Jesus Christ is your Lord. That means that you are acknowledging him as superior, as sovereign, as the ruler over your life. But then you want to go and live a life that is that is not submissive to the will of the father. It doesn't make sense. And if you're in that position and you and, and now that's what's causing you to possibly be scared of whether you're saved or not. Rightfully so. And I'm thankful that you feel that way. Because I believe that's the Holy Spirit telling you that something needs to change. So thank God. That we're acknowledging that something needs to change. 
something needs to change. So let's let's back up for a second, because now I have to explain this stuff. I say one thing now I have to explain another thing, because what it sounds like now is you're saying, OK, I have to do the will of the father. So doesn't that sound like I have to follow a bunch of rules that I have to do works in order to be righteous? How can you say like that's exactly what you're saying? Right. And isn't that what I'm saying, Emmanuel? Right. No. <laughs> and if you're confused it's okay we'll, we'll, we'll break it i'm gonna break it down i said yes i said do the will of the father it's not enough that you just say that jesus christ is lord you have to be doing the will of the father but what i'm not saying is you are righteous because of your works and you might be very confused right now but let me break it down i still haven't contradicted myself yet i haven't and the scripture hasn't really galatians chapter 2 verse 16 tells us quite plainly quite plainly um, yet we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. So we also, so we also believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. May God bless you hearing and reading and understanding of his word in Jesus name. I pray. Amen. It says pretty plainly right there. <laughs> We are not justified by our works. We're justified by faith. So then how does this all tie together, Emmanuel? I'm confused. One moment the Bible is telling us to confess. The next moment says it's not enough that you confess, that you just say Jesus is Lord. Another moment you're saying that we need to do the will of the Father. The other moment you're saying that we're not trying, we're not supposed to be righteous by uh, our works. So, so how does this all tie together? Make sense of this. Okay, I'll make sense of it because the scripture made sense of it. So I'm going to read to you the scripture. What I want you to understand is this. We are indeed saved by our faith. We are justified by our faith in Jesus Christ. Okay. All right. But our faith is evident by our works. We are saved by faith and our faith is evident by our works. Let's break it down. When you accept Jesus Christ into your life, there is a transformation. The Bible says that when you accept Jesus Christ into your life, you are a new creation. Now we ought to be renewed in our mind. Are you understanding what I'm saying? No, I'm not saying that when you when you when you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, that heaven opened up and angel Gabriel came down and flicked you on the forehead and gave you the Holy Spirit. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that there was a big ta-da moment. I'm not. You're not a, <laughs> like. I'm not talking about a tie-dye moment. I'm talking about something changes. All right? It, something starts. And you may not see it right away. You may not see it that day. You may not see it, the, see it the next day or the day after that. But something changes when we accept Jesus Christ into our heart. Something changes. Ultimately, Jesus comes in and is transforming us. To, to, to the point where our attitude changes, our attitude, our approach to life changes, our attitude towards doing God's will changes, our attitude towards sin changes. You see, now we start to want to do God's will and want to resist Satan because we are a new creation and a new nature is forming inside of us. We have this spirit that's finally plugged into the source and now it's fighting away the flesh, the carnality in us. You see? We are now sealed with the Holy Spirit. And we are being transformed. 
because of this relationship we now have with God, because of this love that we are now experiencing, because of this life that we are experiencing. But I'm going to break it down because I need you to understand this. No, we're not righteous by our works. We are, we are righteous by our faith. We are saved by our faith. We are justified by our faith. But your faith is evident through your works because... In James chapter 2, verse 16, everybody loves to, to reference this, but I don't think people actually know the context in which it was um, said. The whole verse, you know, the whole passage, I mean, what is it called? Quote, everybody loves to say, faith without works is dead. Starting at verse 14, I'm going to go to, I believe, 17. Yeah, James chapter 2, verse, I said 16 before, um, 14, I'm going to go to 17, then I'm going to jump to verse 21, right? Okay, it says, what does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, depart in peace, be warmed and filled, but you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? Ooh, man. That's talking to a lot of us right there, but I'm going to keep on going. Thus also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. I want you to understand something. I'm going to continue later. I want you to understand something. That there's a such thing as dead faith. Remember, faith, right, is, is how we are justified. But there's a such thing as dead faith. And this is the faith that this seed has been planted in you, right? Because I told you that 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 good works is supposed to be um, evidence of our faith. But when we don't see those good works, but we claim to have faith, it's 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 showing that we have this dead faith because it's not it's not it's not bearing any fruit. It's not. I'll continue. It says in verse twenty one, was not Abraham our father justified by works? When he offered Isaac his son on the altar. You guys know that story. Do you see that faith was working together with his works and by works faith was made perfect? And if you don't know that story, it's when Abraham, God has told him that Isaac is his promised child. And through Isaac, all the nations of the world will come and all the different stuff. I'm, I'm sorry, uh, the Israelite nation and all the nations of the world would be, would be blessed, right? And then God tells him, go and sacrifice Isaac. And in that time, you know, he Abraham had the faith. He thought that I, that God was all right. God is just, you know, I'm sure that what God is saying is true, that Isaac is the promised child. So I guess, you know, if I kill him, he's going to resurrect and all that different stuff. He had this faith. And but that faith would have been nothing if Abraham didn't actually get up and go to do what God has told him to do. You see, our faith is perfected, as it says in verse 22. By, and by works, faith was made perfect. Faith is that seed. And our works are the fruits that it bears. Faith is that seed. So I'll ask you, what are the fruits that are being born in your life? And then when you see those fruits that are being bore in your life, compare them to the scripture. Don't compare them to anybody else. I'm not, I'm not, no. Compare them to the scripture. Because you should know that if I've accepted Christ into my life, and if I am saved, 
then this faith that I have should be transforming me. And this faith should mean that I want to resist certain things and and draw closer to other things. Resist the things of this world. Resist the things. Resist the sin. Disdain sin. Resist Satan. And, and, and move towards God. A relationship with God. Hmm. When you know God through faith, things change. You know what one of the things one of the things are that change? Your mind. You ever heard of repent from your sin? What does repentance mean? It means change your mind. You understand that when you when God enters into your life, because let's 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 be clear. You can't just say that you're a Christian. Say that Jesus Christ is is your Lord. Oh, He died for my sins, so that means I don't have to sin. I mean, that means I don't have to worry about nothing. I can do whatever I want. No. When they were all gonna kill um, this woman because she committed adultery, they they Jesus said, "Let him who cast who let him who sin not cast the first stone." And they all left. And then what did Jesus say after that? He said, "Go and sin no more." Jesus Christ dying for you does not give you a pass to sin. In fact, if that's where your mind is at, then yeah, you should be scared. You should be scared. You should be unsure to, you know, if you really understand what this being salvation, you really understand what this is about. You should be scared then. Because repentance is a part of this walk. Because when Jesus has entered into your life, things change. Your mind is changed. Your attitude towards sin is changed. Does that mean you never sin again? I didn't say that. I'm not saying you never sin again. But what it does mean is that, ah, man, you, you, you don't want to do these things. Your flesh may want to do these things. Your flesh may want to do this, but your spirit, your spirit, ah, your attitude has changed. You hate sin. You hate sin. You hate it. <laughs> you don't want to do the same things you want to do. Because ultimately, let's, let's see it like this, man. If you continue to live a life of sin, then that means that you haven't changed your attitude towards it, right? If you say you love God and then unremorsefully continue to adopt a lifestyle of doing things that separate you from him, how can you actually say that you love God? How can you actually say that you have repented? How can you actually say that you've changed your mind? How can you say that? How can you say that Jesus is your Lord and then unremorsefully continue to live a lifestyle that you know the Father does not does not like? That separates you from him. I want everyone to be sure, very sure, that when they die, they are entering into the kingdom of heaven. I want everybody to be sure that maybe you don't die and that trumpet sounds because Jesus Christ is coming back. It's something that you don't hear about a lot. And I'm not going to lie. How many times have I preached about it on this podcast? But he's coming back and he's coming back like a thief in the night. So you can't put it on your calendar. So are you ready? Are you sure? I'm thankful for the person that asked this question. 
Because I feel like that's the Holy Spirit convicting you to make sure that you're in line. And I'm thankful for the Holy Spirit for that. That's love. That's love. That's love to make sure you're good. That if that trumpet sounds tomorrow, are you saved? Are you confident that you're going? Are you confident that you're going to be one of the ones that are caught up in the sky with Jesus? Are you confident that that's going to happen? Everybody can say, oh, that's craziness. That's craziness. That's craziness. Crazy is, is a man dying and raising again three days. If a man dies and raises again three days after that and then says that he's coming back, I don't care how many years, how, how long it takes him to come back. I'm believing that he's coming back and he's coming back like a thief in the night and you're not going to know. So you have to be ready. Are you sure that you are saved? I need you to be sure. I am sure. Emmanuel Hake is sure that he is saved. And I'm going to tell you why I'm saved. I, I wrote this down. <laughs> Here's my speech. I, Emmanuel Hake, am sure that I am saved because I have confessed that Jesus is Lord and I have believed in my heart that God has raised him from the dead. Every day that I live, I strive to fulfill the will of God in my life and repent from my sins. That doesn't mean that I don't make mistakes, um, I, but I try my best not to. However, when I do, I ask God for forgiveness and I thank God for his grace that was shed over my life through the blood of Jesus. That is why I'm sure that I am saved. And I want you to get to the point of being sure just like that, that you are saved. And you can have boldness, boldness to move in this life knowing that you are saved. That worse comes to worse, you die and you live eternal life happier than you are now saved before i go into prayer a general prayer of course i have to give you the opportunity after you've heard all these different things and you may think wow uh maybe i'm not saved then come on let's do something real quick or maybe you've been out you've been doing whatever you've been doing and you know that that's not what god wants you to do and you want to recommit your life to god then come on Let's do something real quick. I want you to repeat after me. I want us to commit our lives to Christ right now. I want you to repeat after me. I'm reading, but you, you're saying this to God. Heavenly Father, I am a sinner. Today, I repent from my sins and surrender my life to you. I am sorry for the ways I have sinned against you. I believe that Jesus Christ died for my sins. I believe you raised him from the dead. I accept Jesus Christ into my life as my Lord and Savior. I will live a life of denying myself and committing to your way every day of my life. Let your will be done, not my own. In Jesus' name, amen. And if you've made that decision for the first time where you recommit your life to Christ, there are angels. The Bible says there are angels rejoicing right now. They're going, they lit up there rejoicing over your life, over your soul for you, for you. Um, thank you guys. And from whomever, uh, I don't, I don't want to say who or whom. So I just say whom all the time. Um, whoever sent that in, thank you. Cause I know other people need to hear that. Let's pray.
Heavenly Father, thank you so much, God, um, for this message. Thank you so much for this question that came in. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that anybody that's watching this can walk away sure of where they're at, with certainty of where they're at, oh God. That if they're saved, they are sure that they are saved, oh God. And if they're not, Lord Jesus, they know that it, they are sure that things need to change and need to do better. Um, so I pray over everybody's life that's hearing this, oh God, that we will not miss heaven in the mighty name of Jesus. Ooh. And any any demon, any spirit, any person that could possibly get in our way to try and miss heaven, we rebuke it right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, I pray. We agree together. We rebuke it right now in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. We pray we will make heaven. We will enter your kingdom. We are your children. We are your children, God. Thank you for this message. Thank you for this time. Let your name be glorified in this week in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name, I pray. Amen. I love you guys. I love you guys. I love you guys. Have an amazing week. Hit me. DM me. I love you. I love to hear from you guys. If you have any more questions, you have anything you want to talk about, whatever it might be, DM me at Iheke, I-H-E-K-E underscore. Hit me. I love you guys. Peace. Peace.